0: Help when we need it the most, next on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Phil Howard. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. We're back in John chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, the helper has come. You see, God doesn't leave us as orphans. He doesn't save us and then set us off on our own. He provides the needed help for us to grow as His children. And that's what we're looking at here in John 14. Won't you join us? With this edition of Truth For Today, again, the message called The Helper Has Come, here's our teacher and pastor now. Pastor Phil Howard in John chapter 14.
1: I went to a youth camp in 1959. You kids remember that year? Uh, The earth's crust was hardening. Went there in 59, Pentecostal camp in Northern California. And there, I gave God my body. That's where I made the presentation. You can have all of me, a Thursday night missions conference. With the Trella Hatton preaching. A woman preacher. She preached circles around anybody in this place. When she was into it. Didn't have a lot of content. But oh what an exhorter. Powerful. Pray all day at those camps. I used to go and sit in. Hear her pray in the next room. I couldn't believe anyone could pray that long. And that night. At an old altar. With dust sawdust all over. I said Lord. I'm at your disposal. You get the rest of my... And and, and on that night, I I, these questions. What if he wants me to go to Africa? That was always the test. What if he wants you to go to New Guinea? You know what you do when you're giving your body? Anywhere you want, you got me. Anywhere, anytime, any place. I'm not negotiating with you I'm offering myself to you. It was used of offering an animal as a sacrifice, and Romans says, God is sick and tired of dead animals. He wants some living sacrifices. That's you. I ask you, in this church, how many people have ever said to God, you got all of me. I'm at your disposal. I don't think many have. Young people, let me tell you, you'll begin to discover the will of God and discover what he's designed you for once you tell him, you got me. I'm at your disposal. Because Romans 12 says, then you'll discover the will of God. What's good? What's perfect? What's acceptable? You'll discover your spiritual gift. For me as a 15-year-old, my whole life started unfolding. Once I gave him my body, then I found out he wanted me to preach, then I knew this, and from then on, I've had one vision, just to be at God's disposal wherever I am, wherever he wants, it doesn't matter the assignment, I am available. I settled it in 1959, and I renew the contract every day. I had a preacher friend, George Rutenbar, he said he woke up every morning, and what he would do, the first thing, and he was a big guy, he, he would do like this. Lord, I'm available today. My eyes are yours. My ears are yours. My mouth is yours. My feet are yours. You got me. I'm reporting for duty. Did you do that today? Have you ever done that? First step is presentation. The second step is purification. He says in 2 Timothy 2.19, The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them who are his. Let him who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And cleanse yourself so that you can be a vessel fit for the master's use. And it's the theme in the believer... Once you give him your body, you start dealing with sin that you've done in your body. You start getting clean. God had accept the offering. Now he starts working on our life, our mouth, our thought life, our attitudes, purification. He, started, he says, from now on when you sin, I want you to confess it immediately. Don't delay getting clean. The moment you do it, confess it. What if I don't? I like my sin. Well, good for you. God says, if you're my child, I've got a work of the ministry called the grieving of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to make you miserable. And when I meet miserable Christians, sometimes I say, Hallelujah, there's a Holy Spirit. I hope you stay miserable every day you don't surrender. God gave up his best and he can't give you, get you to give up your little old body. You think he bought you to do your own thing? You think he bought you to sit back, I'm not available, I'm gonna dabble in porno, I'm going to mess around with this. I'm going to lust after women. I'm going to cuss. I'm going to have a double life. I'm going to do this. I hey, i, I you just get me the cross took care of me. Oh yes, it did, and it bought you the right for God to step in and chasten you, because sons get chastening. They never get rejected. They get spanked because He wants to purify you. He told the Corinthians, you're ruining the Lord's table because you're going there drunk, but I'm going to make you sick, I'm going to make you weak, and I'm going to kill some of you. Then he goes on to say, if you would judge yourself, you would not be judged. But if you don't judge yourself, I will judge you. Chastening judgment. Have you gotten straight on sin? I don't care what problems we have in the church. I would say that reservedly. I don't want any problems. But I always say to staff, we may make uh, tactical errors. Let's always be on the right side of sin. Nobody infallible around here. We make mistakes. But I want to be on the right side of sin. I don't want to sin. I've sinned enough. How about you? I know some of you say, well, I, I don't want to give up the practice. It feels too good. Until it quits feeling good, I'd question whether you're saved and for sure you're not under the control of the spirit. You see, the spirit can never work through you until he works on you. And until it gets you to take sin serious. I mean, you love your money, you love your time, you love uh, this, this, this. And God's not a priority. He will never fill you. Why would he fill you with the Spirit to do your own thing? He wants to fill you with the Spirit to honor Christ. Third thing, to be filled with the Spirit is a life of walking by faith and reliance. Look at Galatians 5. Galatians 5. I'm just selecting this. I hope you're taking notes. That's why we got PowerPoint for you. I'm going to try to plan some of these sessions where we have Q&A at the end of it because I want you to understand. Look at verse 6, Galatians 5. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. The law of people. Whether you're circumcised, you can't be right with God unless you're circumcised. He said in Christ, that stuff means nothing. What well, does mean anything but faith, working through love? Faith that is reliance on Christ and reliance on the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is a total life of dependence. Uh, okay, God tells you commandments. I know some people that love the commandments. Commandments, commandments, commandments. My problem isn't the commandments, my problem is doing them. How you doing? Let's start out with love. Who have you been accused of loving lately? What about joy? What about peace? See, uh, uh, the heavenly standard of the Christian life is so high, no one could ever live it unless empowered by the Spirit. The Christian life is not hard, it's impossible. You cannot live the Christian life as outlined in the New Testament apart from the helper's help. And some of you want to write a new rule. A new rule. Well, you broke all the ones already in the Word. I don't need new ones. So you're under legalism. You're under all these hoops. Hoops. The law doesn't sanctify anybody. All the commands of God won't give you the help. They just tell you what God is and what God expects. And we've got a whole people that lived under it for years and were nothing but big flops because they refused the route of faith and they said, we can keep it. And God said, you couldn't keep it. You never could from the the day I gave you the law and you said, bring it on, we'll keep it, bring it on. The very day I gave you the law, you were committing fornication and worshiping a golden calf. Ain't nobody here can keep it. You, the Christian life, is the Holy Spirit and a man or woman that will rely on God for strength to obey, strength to do whatever he wants. But we can't live this life without depending on the helper. We don't have the strength our sin. He said the Spirit is doing for us what law can never do. Do you know what I'm talking about? I cannot tell you how many frustrated Christians you meet. That's why uh, those who offer a second work of grace, or uh, if you would uh, pray longer, if you could maybe uh, speak in tongues, if you could get another something because of your defeats and your frustrations. He said, there's got to be more to the Christian life than this. And there is. It's dealing with sin. It is presenting yourself to God moment by moment. And it's relying on the Spirit's help. It's a life of desperate dependence. And I say, fourthly, uh, it's Christ-centered. The Spirit, when He comes will not promote himself, but will promote Christ. So that you hear Paul say in Philippians 1, for me to live is to be filled with the Spirit. That's not what he said. For me to live is Christ. The fruit of the Spirit is Christ on display. The goal is to take us who acted like Adam And now that we're in Christ, to get us to live out and make visible the Christ who went back to heaven, crucified, resurrected, now, he said, I'm going to send you the helper to live out this Christ, to make him visible in your everyday life, and how can you do it, but by the Holy Spirit. I want to ask you uh, some questions. We'll get to the consequences next week.
0: I we don't have time.
1: Uh, are, you, are you characterized as living under the control of the Spirit? or Are you bitter? Are you into some kind of uh, sexual sin, either with your mind or your body? Uh, how are you doing with your mouth? Do you edify or do you murmur? Do you have a bad mouth? How are you doing with your eyes? Are you lusting? Or is your mind under control? Uh, well, what about your body? Uh, is it engaged in service? Some of you have taken your body. You've taken it off the table. It's no longer available. If you're going to get it. And some older people, you've got to watch this. Well, I've already put in my time. You won't put in your time until you go to glory. He didn't save you while I'm a teenager. Some of you saying, well, I'm too young. No, no, no. I was just telling Timothy class, I've never known what it was to be saved and available and not doing something in the household of faith. 15, third grade boys class. 16, become junior church pastor. Uh, 17, became the youth leader. Every weekend, using those days, my brother and I would canvas down on Cutting and South Richmond. We had a church on Chancellor. Then revivals every night. You played. I played my instrument. It was always in the band. Then I started preaching at 16. 22, I was the dean of a college. 27, I started this church. 55 years, I've never known what it was to be passive in the church. Because at 1959, I told God, you got my body. Do whatever you want. I don't care if it's juniors. I don't care if it's toilets. I don't care if it's ushering. I don't care if it's handing out tracts. You got me. Howard Hendricks told me one time, you know what your problem is, Howard? I said, what's that? He said, you like it all. He said, you got to quit doing so many different things. What has God gifted you to do? I said, well, that is in doubt in many people's minds. We don't know. He said, what do you want to do? Preach, teach, and train men. He said, do it. Let others help you set up the chairs. Few want to do what you've been gifted to do. Build your life around your gift. Build your life around your gift. I don't know what you've been gifted to do. Are we getting the benefit of it? Or have you folded shop and say, unavailable, unavailable. And by the way, I don't like the music. Shut up, you're unavailable. Shut up. We don't want to hear your opinion because you won't help us solve anything. How did you get on the ark? I guess they had bugs. (laughs) If you're not available, you lost your right to say anything. If you're not a giver, you lost your right to say anything about this church. You haven't earned the right. Be quiet. You're dishonor to the cross. You're telling me He paid for you, but he can't have you. I woke up a few mornings ago, and the first thing I woke up with was the word ransom anti-Lutron on my mind. And I said, I am ransom. Think of it. No one's ever paid a ransom for me. When you grew up where we did in the project, nobody ever... No one ever kidnaps project kids because nobody can pay the ransom. (laughs) The mother sends a note, enjoy. (laughs) He likes cereal. (laughs) Nobody coming after you. I don't have any money. When I lived on South 29th and Richmond, we didn't lock the doors. There's nothing worth stealing. You guys don't know what we're talking about. I'm telling the truth. But then I woke up. God has ransomed me. He came to give his life a ransom for many, and I'm one of the many. I've been bought. And so he says in First Corinthians, since I bought you, glorify God with your body. Quit sleeping with the wrong people. Quit going to the idol's temple. Quit doing, why? I am a purchase item, friend. You are too. What's God doing in your body? Where is Christ being seen as magnificent? For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Or Galatians 2.20, I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live and the life I now live is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself to ransom me. Who's got your life? You deserve to be miserable. You deserve to be. I can't find my direction, I can't. No, you won't. God will block your path, because you are fraudulent. You are not giving God what He purchased you. You. He didn't send you to this church to be a critic. He sent you here to be available, to do the work of God that He's put a gift in you to do. We want your gift, we don't want your criticism. Oh, you can critique the church. We ought to do this. We need that. I do that all the time. But I'm thinking of you when I'm critiquing. You ought to help us. Are you available in the body or are you a wart? You're just an attachment. But God's not doing anything through you. There's no vital contribution. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to do something I don't hardly ever do. I'm going to ask you. How many here have ever... Presented their body to God formally. And you just had a prayer meeting? Or you were in a meeting? See, I grew up, we called people to do this. In our kinds of churches, say, just give me a sermon. Don't call me to decision. And you're going on and on. What do you get? People say, well, you have three good points. I don't care if you like the points. I care if God changes your life. We need to quit adoring preachers and seeing if they got three points, a poem, and a broken pulpit. We need to be changed. That's what we need. Stop being conformed to this world, being owned by the one o'clock game, owned by this and that. Wait, wait. You'll be available for that, honey, because you love it. Do you love the one that bought you? I kind of think of Gomer. I wonder if Gomer went home and started cooking again. Down here on an auction block, the whore in town. And when they ask her, where did you come from? So said, well, I used to live with the preacher. I had two children for him. And now I'm just selling my body because I fell out of love with him, something happened. And one day God tells the preacher, he's feeding the kids by himself. It's hard to take care of kids when you're just a man. You got to have a woman. As men do a lousy job usually. And God says, you need to go downtown. Take the kids with you. They go for a walk. They get down there. And all of a sudden you hear, and what am I giving for this prostitute? What price can I get? And Hosea, I would think naturally, say, well, she's getting just what she deserves. She wouldn't be faithful to me. So she deserves to be sold to some guy that will use her, use her up, make her a haggard, and probably beat her in the sex act. I loved her, but she didn't love me. God says something that I can hardly believe it's in the Old Testament. He said, you're going to buy her. According to the law, you've got permission to stone her. And the adulteress was stoned under the law. What did you say, Lord? Gather rocks and stone? No, I said, open your money bag and bid, outbid everybody. And all of a sudden, he said, I'm buying her. And all the men in town said, you fool, you fool, you fool. This is a cheating woman. Can you imagine what her wardrobe, I don't know if she lost teeth. I don't know how long she was out there. But can you imagine walking home with your prostitute wife and the two children and then getting home and saying her saying well I'm not doing the dishes I'm not taking care of the children I imagine you had the most grateful woman in town somebody that wants to beat me up and use me and throw me out like trash didn't buy me but the man that was good to me to start with and then he said go tell Israel You're the prostitute. I redeemed you out of Israel. I bought you. A lamb got you out. I made you my own. I brought you to me to be my wife. And you'd rather sleep with other gods. You'd rather sleep with Egypt. You'd rather sleep with Assyria. You'd rather sleep with Babylon. And I, your God, is yearning for you to come in my arms. I bought you that I could love you. I bought you that you might be close to me. And yet... You've given all your favors and all your love to idols. Why don't you come back? And when I look at the church, James 4 said, Ye adulteresses, said to a church, synagogue, why will you quit making the spirit jealous? Because you give your body, your time, and your money to that which did not purchase you. Why don't you come to Jesus?
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time together has come to a close here, but as we leave you, we'd like to do so with our address and phone number if you'd like to contact us. And we would love to hear from you. You see, Truth For Today airs here on KFAX in part through financial partnerships with our listeners such as yourself. If the Lord is prompting you to make either a one-time gift or be a monthly donor, we would love to hear from you. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. Please take a moment and contact us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. And as our way of saying thank you for your partnership with us, we'll make you a TFT Sustainer, which includes our quarterly newsletter, a a once-a-year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil, the weekly video devotional, into your email box every week. Again, it's all part of our TFT Sustainers package. Contact us and learn more at 855-833-9864, or simply stop by our website, valleybible.org. And you can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you stop by our website, valleybible.org, please remember other resource materials are available there. Other series is taught by Pastor Phil, some of the books that he's authored. You can also find out about Valley Bible Church, who we are and what we believe, how to get here times that we worship and you're more than welcome to join us again you'll find it all at valleybible.org stop by and pay us a visit then drop us an email and let us know you did pay us a visit and then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of truth for today with pastor phil howard